Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Mike Danheim, who's the founder and CEO of Sensi and the website senseapp.com, S-E-N-S-I-E app. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Well, tell me about uh, Sensi. What's the premise of it? Um, yeah, so we use smartphone sensors, uh, so the gyroscope and accelerometer, to track a unique gesture. Uh, and by doing that, we can detect uh, stress. Um, and there's lots of different ways that can be applied. So if, um, uh, if the autocorrect is pissing me off on my phone and won't let me type when I want to type, you can sense that by my gestures or my frantic tapping on the phone? Or... Um, no, but that would be interesting. Uh, it's more, um, <laughs> it's, a li- it's a little bit different, but that would definitely be interesting. Uh, and, and there's probably a way to do that. Um, but, uh, but actually, so that's, that's a good example to process it through. So it's more a self-inquiry process. So in that example, we would know that you, you already know that you're stressed if you're frantically tapping, right? So me to tell you that you're stressed, that, that wouldn't be novel or helpful. Um, what would be novel or helpful would be to identify what the underlying non-conscious emotion is that's making you stressed, right? So, and that's, right. So, so one of the ways the technology is being applied is there's a doctor at um, Oxford University whose research is on non-conscious, identifying non-conscious sources of stress. And she has a program where she says, you know, think about a topic, and the topic could be frantically tapping on the keyboard on the phone. Um, and then you do the right. gesture to see if there's stress present or not. If there's stress present, she then says, okay, let's explore to find the underlying cause of the stress. Is it emotion? If it is emotion, is it a fear? Is it, a, uh, is it sadness? Is it anxiety? What is the underlying cause? Um, and you actually have to go through a process of making the statement. like um, It's like a lie detector. So you say out loud, the cause of stress is fear. You do the gesture. If it's false, it goes to the next emotion. Is the cause of stress anger? You declare that. You do the gesture. And if it detects that it's anger, then it plays an intervention specific to the emotion detected um, so that you can reduce anger and actually alter your underlying memory um, so that the next time you're tapping on the keyboard, you won't feel angry. You'll feel joy. Um, her, her, her work is really fascinating. Well, so, yeah. so an intervention, I mean, what, what happens? So if I'm frustrated and I'm using my phone or what kind of event, uh, how would you intervene? So we wouldn't necessarily intervene in that. It would require you to have the awareness to be like, okay, maybe at the end of the day or maybe at that moment it was so disturbing to you and you're like, God, I don't want to experience this ever again. You would have to pause and then open up Sensi um, and that would be a topic. So um, you would then use Dr. Jensen's program in our market. We have a marketplace of interventions. So you'd use her program uh, to explore that topic, to explore what the emotion, the underlying emotion is that's causing the stress of tapping on the phone, right? Because it's just tapping on the phone. If you think about it, you know, void of any emotions, it's just tapping on the phone. That shouldn't be stressful. Um, but there's something causing that to be stressful. Uh, and, and you can alter that through Dr. Jensen's work. So you don't ever have to ex- experience stress. Um, well, okay, let's, let's talk about Dr. Jensen's work. So is it, are you prompted to do like breathing, deep breathing, or are you prompted to like, you know, punch a wall or how does the, the therapy work <laughs> right. to help you calm down? Um, right. No, it's a good question. Um, it's a good question. So uh, her programming is 
so there's two things her, there's a lot underneath her work but there's two sort of key pieces one is um, a topic called memory reconsolidation um and i'll just share on that really quickly so memory neuroscience basically showing the way memory works is this process of something called memory reconsolidation so so memories aren't really reliable um because they actually get altered over time in an unconscious way it's the reason why eyewitness testimonies aren't allowed in a court of law anymore is this uh, realization about memory reconsolidation. So, so basically the way memory reconsolidation works is that an event occurs, um, you store a memory from that event, and every time you recall that memory, without, without being aware of it, you actually alter the memory as you're recalling it, it gets reconsolidated and it gets stored. So over time, what you think happened is very different than what actually happened. Um, that's why anytime you shared a story with your wife, your wife was probably like, or your girlfriend's probably like, that's not how it happened. It's not, that you, you, it's not how it happened. It's actually that both of you have two different versions of it stored. Uh, so Dr. Jensen, what she did was she you know, knew about research and said, well, this is really interesting. We're doing this unconsciously. Why don't we apply this in a conscious way to help people reduce stress and change their memories around sort of stressful events? Um, and that's the way the process, that's sort of the foundation for this process. So what she does is with the technology is it prompts you and says, bring to mind a topic that's stressful that you'd like to change. And for memory consolidation to work, you have to activate the memory. So it's sort of like a circuit board, right? So a circuit on the computer, the circuit has to be activated for you to store a memory on it. Same thing with you. So she uses the technology to prompt you and say, think about something that's stressful. Um, when it's present, do this gesture. It's a triple whipping gesture while holding the phone. So you do the gesture. And we see if stress is present or not um, while you're doing the gesture. And if stress is present, it then says, okay, great. It looks like stress is present. Let's see which emotion it is. And it prompts you with the first one. And it says, Say out loud, the cause of stress is fear. So you say the cause of stress is fear, and then you, you do the gesture, you do the whip. And, and we can detect a true versus a false statement. So it's, it's applying the technology as a true, you know, the lie detector basically to identify the underlying cause. Um, so you say the cause is fear, you do the gesture. If Sensi sees that there's no stress, um, then it goes, it's, then it's true. If, it, if there's stress, then it goes to the next emotion. So say out loud, the cause of stress is sadness. You say out loud, you do the gesture. If it detects sadness, it then pulls a video that um, uses posture. So this is to answer your question. Uh, the way she helps you to alter the, the memory is that it would say, okay, you know, sadness has been detected. A video is playing on your phone right now that's specific to sadness. And it would say, come forward into a ball. Um, let go of any thoughts. We're going to use the right side of the brain, the emotional brain. And we're going to use feelings, so the posture, to elicit the feelings of sadness. And it will guide you through the process of bringing the feelings of sadness forward by using facial expressions and bodily postures um, to elicit sadness. And it walks you through doing that until you've completely sort of extinguished the feelings of sadness. So you really released it. And then it has you sit up and you pivot from sadness to, I believe it's joy. E each emotion has a different corresponding emotion. So it has you recall a bad experience. It has you figure out what the emotion was that was involved in the bad experience, like sadness. And then it it has you do something else physically and change like you change the association of that memory from from sad to positive somehow. Yeah, exactly. And it's through the posture. Instead of using thoughts, you're using uh, embodiment. And this is sort of so that you have two lobes in your brain. You have the logical side, which is the left side, and the emotional intuitive side, which is the right side of the brain. And by using uh, physical posture, you're not using the logical side. So you're going right to the front door of the emotional brain by using posture. And, um, and you're, you're altering the underlying uh, memory, um, changing the emotion. Uh, her, her work's really fascinating. Well, all right. So you have a memory again. It's sad, and now you know they get to change it. What what should the person experience that they 
forget that memory or they change how they feel about that memory or they literally right. change the memory itself or what's the result? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, I, I actually skipped the part. So in the very beginning, when they think about the memory, they actually have to um, rate how stressful it is. So before they go through the whole process, it says, okay, how stressful is this on a scale of one to 10? So uh, in the app, you slide it up to a 10. So say it's very stressful. You go through the whole process. And then once you've completed the, the, the posture process, you're prompted to say, okay, how stressful does it feel now? So recall the topic, so you think about it, um, and then you check in and say, okay, you know, it's, it's at a two, it's at a two now. And we, we've seen uh, anecdotally in the in the preclinical work we've done, we've seen almost 100% hit rate where people have, you know, gone from a 10 with a stressful topic to a two. You know, and what you find is that as you start to think about that thing that was causing all that stress, and you go back to it and try to think about it again, it doesn't feel stressful anymore. Um, so it's, uh, and that's that comes about because you you altered your posture when you thought about it again. You altered the memory. The posture is helping you to elicit these emotions, and the emotions are changing the memory. So as you recall it, instead of having you know in that example we gave, instead of having sadness associated with the memory, now all of a sudden there's joy. So as you recall the memory, all of a sudden the, the feeling of sadness are no longer there, and there's joy. So you feel fine. Um, as an example, well, what's um, what's like an example? Let's say I don't know. I was when I was, you know, I don't know, two weeks ago, someone said, uh, you know, you're an asshole in front of like three other people, and they upset me, you know, and I'm pissed off about it, and you know, I do this, I identify the emotion, you know, anger. What what's an example? Of what it would recommend me to do at that point to change the memory? Well, the process will. I mean, you're part of the process, so it would you know you have to do the gesture to identify what the emotion is. The specific emotion that was was generated basically when that person called you the name, um, and then when it identifies that emotion, it helps you to release that emotion. That's the intention of first go working with sort of the stressful emotion, is to bring that up and release it so it's no longer there. And then when you release that, you, you, the uh, memory is very fresh. It's very activated. So then you can restore the memory beneficial emotion. Um, so, so what's the releasing uh, process like? For instance, like I don't know, do you have any example? I just gave you one, but do you have an example of, you know, have you been through this with things that happened that you're willing to talk about? And, you know, what, what were the steps? Like, how did you release something literally? Well, that's, that's, that's the body posture. That's, that's the posture process, right? So, um, so I'm happy to talk about my personal experience, um, but the, just to nail it down before we go into it is uh, the posture that we described is the processing, right? So in that example of playing an asshole in front of three people, you 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 recall that you do the sensory triple whip to see if there's stress there is stress you rate how stressful it is let's say to 10 and now you do the process of detecting which emotion it is so you say out loud the cause of stress is fear you do the gesture not fear cause of stress is anger you do the gesture oh sensory detects anger and now it walks you through the process of coming into the posture of anger to elicit anger and bring it up and release it so that you're not suppressing it uh, and really sort of bringing it up and activating it and act, really activating the memory so it's fully fresh. And then you pivot the anger to uh, love. Um, and it walks you through the process of generating the feelings of love. And you're altering, and, and it's using the posture, right? So you roll your shoulders back, you open your heart, you bring a smile on your face, um, and you start to generate the, the feelings of love. Um, and that's, you know, that's an example. Uh, that's an example. So for if you want me to go through a personal experience, I can. So that's helpful. Yeah, I, I just want to get the feel for it. So you, yeah, you think about a memory. You, the app helps you figure out the specific emotion you felt. Then you adopt like a more positive posture, and then do you think good thoughts or say 
I don't know, do you think them at the memory or you just think them in general? And then do you think about the memory right after that? Or, you know, try to finish off the process, like the the mechanical steps of it. Um, it's not so much about thinking. So we want to, so uh, let's go back one step though. So what we're in right now is we're talking about how Dr. Jensen's applying the technology for her uh, detection, um, which is, it's not, it's not our app. It's the way that our app is being applied to somebody else's program. So um, I just want to differentiate that. So, and what we're re referring to is how her program works. So her program is using the posture of these emotions to help you bring it up. So it's not so much about like changing your posture. So when you think about it, you sit in a certain way. It's not like that. It's, uh, it's using posture to elicit a feeling. So, um, so like if you wanted to right now, you could just come into a ball and uh, start to clench your jaw and clench your fist and bring your fist together and start squeezing your biceps, squeezing your forearm muscles, and you'll start to feel some anger coming up. You know, if you engage your chest, engage your quads, uh, and this is a posture of anger or fight. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're referring to. So you're using posture to bring up that stressful emotion. Uh, and then once it, you've really cleared it, you pivot to a more beneficial one. Um, so, so that, that's okay. how, yeah, go ahead. So I use the posture to bring up the negative emotion we have identified, and then I change the posture to bring up a positive emotion. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I guess is um, you know like a superhero would stand. You know, you stand tall with your maybe your hands on your hips and puff your chest out and lift your head up. You know, like you're a superhero or something. You'd probably feel better, right? Yeah, and that would be sort of you know, a posture for pride, I guess, right? Um, that could be a way to bring forward some prideful feelings. Um, yeah, that's that's how her uh, her program works inside okay. of our inside of our app. Yeah. So the app. So how does the app help uh, make her program work better? So. It, Maybe let's get into the mechanics of that. Yeah, well, um, her program works really well. Uh, the way the way her program currently works is that she has to be present uh, to do it. So her program works with something called muscle testing. Um, oh. So she has to be present to do the muscle test to help identify the underlying cause of stress. Uh, and so what we've done is by creating this gesture and this detection, we've given her the ability to do it remotely at scale. Uh, hmm. So now people can do it without her being present. Okay, so what is the, um, like, specifically, how does the app work during this process? Um, so, uh, it detects, so it, it, it walks the person through the self-inquiry process, so they have to think about it, it prompts the person to think about a stressful topic. Um, okay. And then, as they think about it, it then says, okay, do the gesture, and when you're holding the phone, you have to do this uh, triple whipping gesture, and you, the whipping gesture gives us the ability to measure the recoil of the hand backwards. And by measuring the recoil of the hand, uh, it gives us a tell for stress. It's sort of the fluidity of the movement of the hand uh, that can give us a tell for stress or no stress. Um, okay. All right. So it helps evaluate the true stress level. And then what else does the app do? And then it deploys the right. So then it, it, it by assessing the stress around the, the different topics, it helps to identify which is the underlying cause of stress, which emotion, and then based mm -hmm. on, it, I mean, it automates the whole process, basically. so it, uh, based on whatever the emotion was that was detected, it then plays a uh, specific intervention. So if anger was detected, it plays one for anger. If uh, fear was detected, it plays one for fear. If sadness was detected, it plays one for sadness. Mm -hmm. and it, based on the emotion, it's, it's precision medicine, right? Um, so it's, it's doing so the, the interventions. Do. Uh, so the intervention is just postures, or is it posture and music or is it a picture of the posture or like what like what's what are some specific interventions interventions 
Yeah, at the, at the moment, it's, it's just posture. Um, and it walks you through. I mean, in the future, maybe it will have some video showing, um, but it's better to kind of close the eyes and go inwards. Um, so it, it walks you through step by step. You have a voice basically explaining how to use the posture to bring the, the stress present and then okay. pivot it to a non, non-stress emotion. Gotcha. All right. What else uh, are you thinking about that would help this process along or like what, what are the next steps in addition to, uh, you know, helping someone get into the right posture? Um, it's not so much the right posture as it is helping them to reduce stress around topics. Um, the, the posture is just part of the process to help them to sort of change, make the change they're looking for. Uh, but um, what we're doing is we have clinical trials coming up with Mayo Clinic uh, in the fall, which um, we're just about to uh, get started, and um, and then UC Berkeley uh, as well. So we're doing some clinical studies to demonstrate both short-term and long-term uh, efficacy rates to reduce stress. Um, so. And then, and then we're also looking uh, to work with other folks who have um, self-inquiry. So two things, either emotional healing or self-inquiry style programs. Um, there's a whole world of, of these types of programs out there, uh, and they rely currently on just being in person. Um, and that in-person relationship will continue to be really important. We just give them the ability to extend themselves so that when the people go home, you know, they're six days out of the week when they're not with the practitioner, they, their customers have a means to be able to continue doing their the work on a daily basis. Uh, I guess it could become like a therapist in a box. If you can capture techniques from other therapists or therapy itself and add them in, you could have uh, you can emulate at least parts of uh, a live therapist and help them to scale and help more people, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're, we're, we want to um, we really want to help bring forward a sort of a transition from mental health to mental fitness. Because uh, mental health is physical health. Uh, and and so you know I, I, we're not going to call it a therapy in a box, but that is a way to frame it for sure. Um, we really want to sort of you know the, the big issue just if we go to the big problem is it's stress. So 60% of human illness and disease is based in stress. Um, and you should I mean we all need to be participating in some sort of emotional well-being program on a daily basis. It's like brushing your teeth, right? At some point humans are walking around being like, oh my teeth hurt, you know, and, and somebody came along and said, hey, there's this invisible plaque growing on your teeth. You brush your teeth, they won't hurt anymore. And it's, it's the same thing with stress. You know, there's an invisible sort of emotional stress plaque that sort of develops inside of us. And if we don't take care of it, it you know, the outcomes are disease, illness, you know, making regrettable decisions, um, you know, doing things that are non-conscious that we wish we didn't do. Uh, yeah. Um, and so by well, practicing... Well, like there's, there's meditation, meditation apps. That's one way to I guess, help stress, but there's a lot more to it, it sounds like, based on what you're talking about. Yeah, it's true. Um, the meditation apps are, are really a really fantastic way to get started. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy named Ken Wilbur whose work is really awesome if you haven't checked him out. He's one of the leading YouTube and consciousness studies of our time. And what he shows with uh, sort of meditation and, and just developing higher states of consciousness is that there's really three pillars. The, the two we'll talk about is one is waking up, which is what meditation is really good for. And the other one's growing up, which is really the sort of emotional healing process. Um, and what you can hear with people who sort of go through meditation processes is that you can have a dark night of the soul experience, which can be really traumatic internally. Uh, and a lot of that is sort of any skeletons you might have in the closet. So I see us as sort of a, that pillar of growing up and helping people with, you know, getting any of the skeletons out of the closet and just sort of cleaning up their emotional well-being so they can live in a way that is peaceful, you know, which is, I think it's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, everyone, 
for the most part, everyone seeks that, you know, they may not seek it for a time or they, you know, but I think most people do seek that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I would argue, and I think there's some people that are talking about this, that a lot of people who are addicted, it's more that they're addicted to these higher states of consciousness that they're getting through the drugs and alcohol, you know, and, and the substance becomes sort of the crutch, which the focus becomes on the substance and, you know, the person's really chasing the feelings they're having as an output of that experience. When you can have that experience all the time, um, you just got to look at sort of what's going on in your life and, and confront it and deal with it. Uh, right. So what would be, uh, you know, for people using the Sensi app, do you see them using it every day or multiple times a day or what's just as needed? I mean, what's the recommendation? Yeah, I mean, as needed, I think that that's, I, I really appreciate that question because I think that's something we're exploring. I, I, I think the whole intention is that it's available for you so you can use it whenever you need to. And that's the benefit, you know, is uh, the two biggest problems that mental health has always had is accessibility and affordability. And our focus with these clinical trials is to demonstrate that we can do what we think we can, which is similar to being in the therapist's office, which would be a way to now democratize mental health and mental fitness so that anybody can access it anytime they need it. And, you know, what you pointed out, I think the best case scenario would be that people are participating you know, on a daily basis proactively instead of reactively, right? Um, mm. If you think about it, you know, it wasn't that long ago, it was 20 years ago or so, that it was weird to go jogging, you know, or to do like mental or physical fitness. Like there, it wasn't that long ago that it was strange. And now it's a billion dollar industry. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's going to be the same thing with, with mental health. I mean, there's so much research showing that you, you are your own doctor in a way, you know, in terms of taking care of yourself. Like if you want to stay healthy, you've got to be participating with your, both your mind and your body. It's why meditation and yoga and all these things are skyrocketing. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. what's the uh, the best way for people to get in touch and find out more about the app and download it and, you know? Yeah. Um, they can go to uh, sensiapp.com. Um, they can reach me at mike at sensiapp.com. I respond to just about every email that comes through. We love our customers. Uh, we have an existing app on the App Store for um, iPhone users for iOS. Uh, that app is a um, research platform. So there's like a little blob on there that you can interact with with your emotional state. Um, and if you want to use Dr. Jensen's program, please just shoot me an email and I can give you an activation code. So you need activation codes to access different doctor's programs and, um, at the moment. Oh, okay. That will be changing in the near future. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good, Mike. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, RJ. Have a great day, man. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.